If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one under a chair in front of you, and you can take that Bible and turn to page number 437 in the middle, and you will find yourself at Psalm 105. This morning we're beginning a series we're calling it Passing On. And uh, what we're going to do today is not what we might normally do on a Sunday morning at Wildwood, and that would be that we would be expositing our way, studying our way, teaching our way through a particular passage of Scripture. What we want to do this morning is we want to take both a look back in the history of Wildwood and also a look ahead at what we believe God is going to be doing in the years ahead. But as we do that, I want to read from Psalm 105 because I think there's some wisdom here for us, beginning with verse 1. And so I would invite you to follow along in your Bibles uh, as I read from Psalm 105. It reads there, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, sing to Him, sing praises to Him, speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done. You know, this year, 2008, is a special year in the history of Wildwood because it is the 40th anniversary of when Wildwood was first incorporated as a church. And in 1988, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of Wildwood. And I would just like to find out how many people were not here at Wildwood in 1988. So if you were not here, put up your hand real high. Wow, look at that. That's incredible. Well, we're glad you're here in 2008. It was the same way, by the way, in the first service. A whole group of new people who really maybe know less about the history of this church than we would really like you to know. And so what we're going to do today is those two things. We're going to take a look back. We're going to look at God's provision in the past, what God did and how He worked in His faithfulness. And then we're going to take a little bit of a look ahead at the vision for the future that we believe that God is leading us to here at Wildwood. Now, if you're relatively new here, I, I, I simply want to underscore this this morning, as we're not going to spend a lot of time teaching our way through a passage, I do want you to understand uh, that Wildwood is not into playing church. Uh, Wildwood's not just going through the spiritual motions. We, we don't really just believe in and having these religious rituals. We believe as a church that we are on a mission from God. And, and our mission statement is to glorify God by shining as light in our homes and in our community and in the world. And when we talk about shining as light, it's an acronym there. Each letter signifies part of what we believe we are to be doing. L stands for living out God's truth. I is investing in reaching others. G is giving ourselves through serving. H is honoring God through worship. And T is teaming together in relationships. And we believe that is the mission from God that we are on, to shine as light in our homes and in our community and the world. And here's what's really cool about all of that. As we are shining as light, 
God is doing the very work that Jesus promised that he would do in Matthew chapter 16 when he said, I will build my church. And that includes the global church and that includes a local church like Wildwood. You know, it's interesting when you look at the lives of individuals, and, and the same thing is true for families. As individuals and as families, we go through, God takes us through certain spiritual adventures, certain faith challenges that He has us walk through. And many of you could tell stories of those, some of those spiritual adventures and faith challenges that you've gone through. Well, the same thing is true of a church, a church family. God brings us to points where there's a spiritual adventure He wants us to walk into, uh, where there are faith challenges that He wants us to address. And often in the life of a church, those spiritual challenges, those faith challenges, those adventures He puts us on are related to how is a church's ministry going to grow? How is it going to expand? And so that's part of what we want to do is we want to look back at what God has done in the past and some of the spiritual adventure and faith challenges that He has taken us on in the past. But I do want you to know it is very, very biblical for us to look back, to pause and to look backward. In fact, many times in the Bible it says, remember, remember, remember. And the reason why that is so important is that we need to remember as we face a fresh spiritual challenge or faith challenge, a fresh adventure in our life, if we remember back, we can remember that God was with us in the previous one that we faced, that God was worthy of being trusted as we work our way through the new adventure He places before us. This is something that the people of God needed to hear over and over again, and I believe we need to hear it also this morning. In fact, uh, when Moses was preaching to the people in the book of Deuteronomy and talking to the people of Israel as they were facing an incredible faith challenge and a spiritual adventure. These are the words he said in Deuteronomy 4.9. He said these things, and I really like what he said there. He said to them, don't forget the things that your eyes have seen. Don't forget the things that you have experienced. Remember them. And then he went on to say this. He said, and make them known to your sons and to your grandsons. And that's part of what we want to do today. We want to not forget the things that our eye has seen. And we want to make some of those things known to some folks maybe who are part of the newer generation of Wildwood who were not here in 1988 even, let alone in 1968. Now, if you have your Bible open, I want you to turn to Psalm number 78. And Psalm number 78 is going to be one of our theme verses as we look at passing it on and lighting the way for the next generation. And I want you to notice in Psalm 74, beginning with verse 4, the second phrase there. And this is what I think it's all about today as we look back and we look forward. It says there, but tell to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done, past tense, the things that He has done in the past. For He, verse 5, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a new law in Israel which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children. 
Why? That the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children. With the goal, verse 7, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God. And that's part of what we want for all of us today. Those of you who are relatively new to Wildwood and those of you who are veterans of Wildwood, we want to look back at what God has done and remember that. And we want to pass the message on of His faithfulness and pass the message on about how He can be trusted in the midst of a spiritual adventure. Now, when you start talking about a church and a spiritual adventure and, and faith challenges that a, a church faces, a lot of that oftentimes for a church deals with facility even and where you're going to meet and how we're going to meet and what do we do when we grow to this point and that point. And what I want to do for just a few moments is to trace a little bit of Wildwood's history for those of you who may not be familiar with it. In fact, in the early years of Wildwood, uh, Wildwood was a lot more like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. We wandered as a church family for many years. Actually, Wildwood was, was launched as a college Bible study in September of 1966. And uh, it first met in a garage. What a glorious beginning in a garage. But you know what? That garage theme went on for a number of years. In 1967, Wildwood met in... Uh, a garage at 501 Clearview Drive. And then in 1968, Wildwood was meeting in the parlor at McFarland Methodist Church. And that was the very year that the church was officially incorporated, almost to the day in April uh, 1968. And then from 1968 to 1973, Wildwood had no facility and met in the Seventh-day Adventist Church on North Peters here in Norman. You know, the Adventists meet on Saturday, therefore their facility was available on Sunday. And so from 68 to 73, that's where the church met. And then first major spiritual adventure and challenge for the church is they bought land in 1973. It was land, three acres of land on Northeast 9th Street near Rock Creek Road, about a mile and a half from here. Uh, purchased a house on that land and that's really where the church first met, in a house. And then in 1976, the next great spiritual adventure the church had was to actually construct their very first facility for them to be able to meet in and to be able to teach their children in, which was a 3,600-square-foot building, which is where uh, Northeast Baptist today is located. But what I want to do is I want to show you a, uh, a few slides of the, the, that early first piece of property that the church owned, and then we're going to share with you some other really cool things. But I want you to look at these slides because it lets you know. Remember we talked about that, the three acres and the house? There's the house that Wildwood first met in uh, a, as a church family. That's where church was held. And then there was the dream to develop a new facility, the very first facility that Wildwood be, would be able to minister in. And thus, it all began with, as you see in that picture right there, some groundbreaking. And I want you to notice that guy there on the right of the picture who's got the shovel full of dirt. And I want you to really look very carefully at his shoes, all right? Look at those shoes. Those very special two-tone saddle dress shoes. 
And I want you to know that that guy in that picture from 1975 is here with us this morning, which is Wildwood's first full-time pastor, Lyle Cunningham. And I'm going to invite Lyle to come on up here. Lyle's here with his lovely wife, Ruth Ann, and uh, he's going to share with us. And uh, I'd give Lyle a big hug here, but he's got a broken arm, and I uh, don't want to cause any more excitement for you, my friend. But uh, I-, I told Lyle this earlier. Um, it was such a thrill for me to be able to, to invite Lyle and Ruth Ann here. They were here in 1988 when we had our 20th anniversary. But uh, I've just always been indebted to Lyle, and I told him that on the phone, because uh, the ministry that he did before I got here help to soften things up and, and make things very, very, very ready for the ministry that, that God was able to use uh, and do through me while I was here. So we're just thrilled to death, bro, that you're here. It's, it's, a, tr- it's a tremendous privilege, and we want you to share a little bit about those early years and some of the spiritual adventure that the church had to go on. Now, you, you need to turn that, turn that <laughs> picture back on there. I just, I just wanted everybody to know I did have some hair at one time. <laughs> And look at that suit I was wearing. That's, that's as bad as the, as the shoes I was wearing. Yeah, notice the long sideburns he's long, got there, yeah, too. Yeah. But my problem is that I still think in my mind that I'm that age. And, and the reason I'm this way is because after having had a heart attack in December, by... April, I thought I was well enough to get up on the roof and to blow the the leaves out of my gutters, and uh, and there was two more that was left there, and I decided that those two had to go too. I reached down and fell off headfirst off of my house. So uh, you might wonder about my intellect at this point, but uh, but that that uh, that house that you saw was obviously the first place where I preached my first sermon here. Um, There were 50 people in the living room of that little house, and that was uh, the number of people I preached my first sermon to. Uh, We, after that, uh, scrounged together enough old used carpet, and and there was a kind of a mosaic carpet covering of the the, uh, Garage, and we made that into a little chapel, and that was our our preaching room and our fellowship hall, and the, and the bedrooms became classrooms, and uh, off we went. Uh, and you'll 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 see a little bit later some uh, stories that that uh, Bill Fix will tell you. But uh, uh, in in the, some of those first years. Uh, of our ministry here, in those days there was a summer institute of linguistics that was put on at the university by Wycliffe Bible translators. And so in the summer times, we would have um, not a summer slump as a lot of churches, but we would have a summer hump because the first year, uh, there was a few of them that came, but by the second year, the word had spread through that institute about Wildwood, and we would have people just coming out of the woodworks, so many that we had to set up chairs out in that driveway, and we had people in the kitchen, and uh, 
the, the first time that ha- that happened to us, uh, the only place we had for children was our nursery was the master bedroom with the bathroom next to it, and uh, the nursery worker didn't show up that morning, and and of course you know who got chosen to be the nursery worker until and we had these young families they were excited about the lord they were there to learn language they were uh and most of them were young and they had small children i mean infant sized children and so in the nursery we didn't have any cribs so we we put uh, i put a baby here and and I put a baby over here, and I put a baby over here, and, and, and all of a sudden, this one had a problem that I had to fix, and, and then this one had a problem, and by that time I got over to this one, uh, I turned around and, and was headed towards the bathroom, and I stepped in the middle of what I had taken. You got the picture. <laughs> now, about this time... Uh, poor Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann, stand up. This is my precious wife here. Stand up here. About that time, she was playing the piano, and she was on the fourth time playing the prelude that she had had prepared, waiting for me to come out and start the service. And um, so I thought, you know, there's, I've got to have some help. So I dashed down the hall, opened the door, looked at her pleading face, and finally found somebody on the front row to come and, and relieve me uh, from my, my nursery duties and went out and started the, uh, started the service. But that confirmed in our mind that, it was, that we had taken the right step in starting the building program and the, uh, the facility that he showed you with the architect's uh, rendition. One of the things that was the foundation of our ministry, and I see that you have carried on. Uh, we took very seriously that passage in the book of Acts uh, where it tells us they devoted themselves, meaning the first believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, in other words, to the word, uh, to the fellowship, uh, that, that intimate relationship that's important for you as the body of believers to have, the breaking of bread. And we did our share of that. And to prayer, and it was on that foundation that we built uh, the foundation, the spiritual foundation, and it seems that you guys have have carried on with that. Uh, It was uh, back in 79, before you came, that I felt the leading of the Lord to to move on. We went from there to Wichita, Kansas, where I had a a watering ministry, and uh, Bruce had mentioned the first time that uh, in the first service, and I believe it is a, a passage that, that I had brought, come to my mind as well, that, that uh, the Apostle Paul said in, in chapter 3 of the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed Apollos watered in God. And made it grow. And I've often felt that uh, Dick Gerbrandt and Linda Gerbrandt, who were the ones who started that Bible study, started the, the, the church. In fact, they started two others, one in Edmond and one in, in Bethany. And then the last one they started was here in Norman. They were the seed planters. Uh, 
They were the ones who began church. I happen to be the one God used to water, and I believe God has uh, tremendously used Bruce uh, to expand what God wanted to do here, uh, as, as you all have carried on. I want to, uh, I want to, to leave you with a, a bit of a challenge, and that is, uh, you know, every, every phase of a church, uh, it's really the same basic principle that you have, and that is trust the Lord. It really doesn't matter whether you have 15 people or 100 people or 1,000 people. It's only a matter of zeros at that point. And if you get apprehensive about what God's doing, remember what God has done for Wildwood in the past and what he will do in the future. Uh, if you have no anxiety about uh, stepping out in faith, uh, just remember that God um, specializes in those things that are impossible. And those are the things you need to keep in mind as you go into a new phase. Uh, Bruce mentioned a while ago about the, uh, the baton uh, being passed. I'm reminded of the story of the French mile relay team in 1948. They were really expected to win the mile relay. They had the best runners. Uh, the race began the first and second runners were well ahead, passed to the third runner, who, of course, extended the lead. But when the baton was being passed from the third to the fourth of the relay, the baton was dropped, and they lost the race. And all of the hopes of that team, and all of the hopes of the coach, and all of the hopes of the, of the nation fell with the dropping of that baton. And my challenge to you today is to remember that uh, seeing how many hands were raised that were not here in 1988 when you had your 20th and now you're at your 40th, how many of you are new? The baton now is being passed on to you. Uh, don't drop the baton. Trust the Lord and he will bring about what he wants to do in your lives. Thank you. Thank you, brother. By the way, I want to come back to the 50th and see what God has done, assuming I don't fall off any more roofs. <laughs> uh, bless your heart. I am so grateful to, to Lyle and, and Ruthann for being here. And uh, it's just, it's so, I'm just grateful for everything that he did. I am grateful, bro, you were the one that was in charge of the nursery in the bedroom. And then, you know, I can't imagine stepping in a squishy, dirty diaper and walking, you know, down the hallway to the, the little garage worship center. And, and, and I, don't know how to, I don't know how you had to clean that thing up, but I'm thankful it was you. Don't ask any more questions about it. Well, what a thrill to have them here. And, and we just appreciate all the investment that Lyle and Ruthann made in the early years of Wildwood. You know, how do you go from where you left off a little bit on some of those slides we sh showed you in 1975, actually, um, nearly into 1976? How do you summarize between 1976 and now? Well, we think maybe the best way we could do that is to show you uh, a major clip out of a video we put together when we first moved into this facility here a few years ago. So watch the video.
fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him. <gasps> crown him. <laughs> Sorry. That'll be good. Yeah, right. When my family and I first came to Wildwood, we were meeting in a garage on Northeast 9th Street, just north of Rock Creek Road. And uh, it was a, a garage that had been adapted for the church meeting there. I first uh, came to Wildwood in 1976. I was about 13 years old and had never really been a part of a church family before and it was very much a family and I, I got to know the adults that some of those who have been very influential in my life mentors to me and um, I got saved through the ministry of Wildwood Community Church when I was about 13 and in a Sunday school class there so been there for over 26 years now really love the church. We were building the building up on Rock Creek Road, the corner of Rock Creek Road and Northeast Ninth, where Northeast Baptist Church is now. We were almost in it, and uh, it was the beginning of summer. The Wycliffe Bible translators used to come here in mass in the summertime to go to Summer Institute of Linguistics at the University of Oklahoma. And so the first Sunday that the Wycliffe people are in town, we got bombarded with people. The garage was full, the driveway was full, we had to set up chairs out on the driveway. And I'll tell you, the worship was wonderful. A large group of people praising God and uh, worshiping Him. It wasn't couple weeks after that that we moved into the big facility which by this standard would be a very small facility and we're able to house all of them. It was while we were in this facility that Bruce Hess came to be our pastor. Bruce and I came 22 and a half years ago and when we were first looking at churches Bruce uh, really felt a conviction from the Lord to go to one church and pour his life into that church. And so as we looked around at different places, we felt the most comfortable uh, here at Wildwood. We really liked the people that we spoke with and felt like this was really where God was calling us to come. When we came, there were about 75 people attending Wildwood, and we really liked that because everyone was very involved um, because it was small. Everybody had a ministry within the church. Our emphasis at Wildwood has really been teaching and spiritual growth. And so that has been the distinctive uh, at Wildwood, which I think a lot of people have enjoyed. We used to do a lot of variety shows, and we would call them variety shows and not talent shows because people said we had no talent. <laughs>
Several years later, after we moved into the Rock Creek Road facility, we bought the Redlands Racquet Club, which had been empty for many years. Consequently, the outside and inside required a lot of cleanup and construction before it could be used. Jonathan was 12 days old. He um, ran a fever, and I didn't know that that was a big deal, but it was. And he was admitted to Children's Hospital late that afternoon. And um, by about 7.30 that evening, we had, I would guess, about 13 people from Wildwood, our Sunday school class, that came up to pray with us, to sit with us. And uh, it really ministered not only to us, but to the staff, the doctors, the residents, our friends that were helping us, and um, it was amazing. I was a resident uh, at the time, and we had doctors and nurses that knew me that came by that uh, remarked at how impressed they were and amazed they were that, that they could see the love of our friends and our family from church at Wildwood. I remember specifically friends uh, taking me. I was worried and, and concerned about my 12-day-old son having early meningitis, and I remember the guys taking me and praying for me and, and just how meaningful that was. And, and we hadn't been going to Wildwood for more than six months at the time, but we knew that that, that was home. And even after that night, um, we were still getting our meals for having a baby, and instead of bringing them to our house, they brought them up to the hospital for us. So that was a gift as well. I came to Christ here at Wildwood, uh, it was on a Sunday that that uh, I really wasn't expecting to come to church, uh, and Kelly gave me a call, and she said, you know, hey, why don't you come to church with me, and I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and give in, and I'll come today, so I went that Sunday, and uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, I, I always forget his name, but he was he was speaking in, in Youthway, just to, we had a guest speaker, and, and uh, he was, he was, he was talking about something, uh, an, an event in his life that led him to Christ. And it sounded almost exactly like the event that happened in my life. And, and the person that spoke to him uh, said the same things to, to him that he said to me in that group setting. Uh, and then after that, I, I, I went to, to Big Church and Bruce was speaking. And, and the only thing that he could have added that would have, that would have made the message completely clear that, you know, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm calling for you right now, would have been that Bruce would have said, Chris Bradley, you're supposed to come to Christ today. And that was uh, the message that, that Bruce had, had, had been blessed with that day and I and it just it spoke to me in a way that uh, no human being could have ever spoke to me and, and known what I was going through and that was just an amazing part of my life I mean especially considering it was the first day I was ever at Wildwood and and ever since that day you know I've been at Wildwood uh, for the last you know four four and a half years and it's just been a blessing to be at Wildwood you know I remember my first Sunday here uh, I, I came on staff July 1st, 1991, and uh, it was just, it was so exciting. I just really believe that, that God had some neat things in mind for Wildwood. I know as, even when I lived here before, because I was born and raised here in Norman, 
Uh, I, I'd known Bruce not well, but knew that Wildwood was a church that really stood and, and had a foundation of teaching the Word of God. That was a real priority here. So to, to come back was exciting. And, and I just think of my first Sunday here, and it was just fun. We, the name of the group at that time was Karpos, which is a Greek word, which means fruit, which was actually pretty appropriate for, uh, I guess, probably the youth group as a name. But it's been neat to see how God has grown the group, that, that, that we have a group that just loves to worship God. And they, they love to sing. They beg to sing more. And that they really are growing in their walk with God. And to see all these students in the group through the early years that are now the leaders in the group, they're now the shepherds and the support staff in the group. And to see how God has worked and, and kind of brought that force a full circle is just exciting to see. And when I see what God's done in the past, it makes me real excited to see what he's going to do. me to share with you how we got from where we were to where we are today and I'm excited to do that because I'm 100% convinced that God has led us through this whole process. About three and a half years ago uh, we had an architect develop a plan and a cost estimate to finish out our facility. That cost estimate was about three million dollars and we realized we couldn't do that. So we started meeting every Saturday morning the elders and staff in the conference room in our office praying about what God would have us to do. After a few months, Jeff Harwell, the chairman of our elder board, said he would like to see us develop a vision statement and a plan to impact the community of Norman and the University of Oklahoma and beyond for the kingdom of God. And so we asked the question, well, how do we do that? Well, some of the guys knew that Gene Getz's church down in Dallas, Texas, had developed a consulting team to help churches be able to do that. So we brought those guys in and they did a lot of neat work with us, did some personality profile testing, showed us how we could develop a vision statement, how we could improve our ministry plan. And uh, they were at least the third group of people that had come to Norman, come to Wildwood, and said, you guys need to finish out some of that facility upstairs so you could have a more decent and a larger worship center. So then we hired, we felt like, hey, God was really leading us to do that. We hired some financial consultants to come in help us to raise the money. We did a campaign, and uh, so about 14 months ago, we started this remodel program. At the same time, we hired two wonderful new staff members. And here we are today, and the fun and the joy of what God has led us to do for at least the last three and a half years is now getting ready to start today, and I hope everybody participates in the fun and joy that God's got ahead for us. Well, we hope that helps uh, to bring you up to recent history. 
some of the spiritual adventure that God has taken us through. And we're looking for the next phase, not only looking backward, but we're looking ahead because we would like to, and we believe, God is leading us to a new spiritual adventure. And uh, I would just like to share with you, if you don't already know this, that uh, your elders, your leaders, uh, take very seriously direction from God. And we spend time on our face before Him, asking Him to lead us and to guide us into the next strategic level to help Wildwood's ministry be, continue to be effective. And we believe that that next phase is developing a new children's ministry building here at Wildwood to take us to a whole new level of effectiveness and being able to not only reach children but to be able to reach youth. And I do want you to know our perspective is when we talk about building a facility, we're not talking about building a museum or someplace just for Christians to hang out. We view facility as a tool to help us to accomplish our mission to shine as light in our homes, in our community, in the world. And that's what passing it on is. We talk about shining as light. We want to pass on the light to the next generation that's coming behind us. It's been a fun day to gain a little bit of a glimpse uh, of the past. You know, Dick Gerbrandt, who was here in 1988, uh, who was the one who helped to plant the seed, as Lyle said, is now with the Lord. And uh, we're only here for a period of time, but God wants to use us, and He wants to use us to touch our world. And next week, if you'll come back, we're going to share with you more of the passion behind the vision of passing it on. And we'll unpack that a lot more next week, so we're going to have a lot of great fun next week, and we want you to come back. But I do want you to uh, be aware of something that is very, very important. Now, we have put together a daily prayer guide for Pass It On. And as you leave today, we want to put one of these in your hand, one per family. If you're an individual, you're a family unit. And you'll need to go out through those two doors in the back, either side, and they will hand you one of these. Because we believe that we can't do this on our own. And I can guarantee you, every spiritual adventure, every faith challenge Wildwood has ever gone through has always been a, a challenge where we needed God to be right in the middle of it. And uh, in the first page of this, it says, um, we can accomplish nothing apart from God. Therefore, when we look at passing it on to the next generation, we want to saturate this whole process with the prayers of the people of Wildwood. And, and what we've done is, and, and Jason and John on our pastoral staff put this together, it's outstanding. We're going to challenge you to 30 days of prayer. And you might think, that sounds a little bit daunting, but no, it's not. That's why the guide is so helpful. And um, during the course of the next 30 days, we're going to be praying about the last 40 years of Wildwood's ministry, thanking God for that. We're going to be praying about the impact on children, the impact on families, the impact on our community and the world, the, the prayer impact on our ministries that we have here at Wildwood. There's a, a prayer plea here for the older generation, a a prayer for the people in the process of the construction of the new adventure that we have, a prayer that we would be faithful stewards, prayer that God would be glorified and honored and that God would provide the funding. And this is set up very simply. Uh, this is the first day, Sunday, March the 30th. Looking back on 40 years of Wildwood's ministry, there's just a short little summary of thought here, some scripture, and then an opportunity in your quiet time 
to spend a little time in prayer over the next 30 days. And I want to encourage you, if you have children, don't leave them out of this process. Again, we're talking about telling it to our sons and telling it to our grandsons and passing on the heritage of the excitement of what God has done at Wildwood. And one of the major spiritual adventures that he has for us, and there are going to be many, is this whole idea of passing it on to the next generation. And so I want to just simply read through the prayer that's listed for today, and we'll conclude with prayer, and then we'll have the worship team come and lead us in a closing song. But it says this, as we go into these 30 days of prayer, we want to pray today a prayer of thanksgiving for what God has done through Wildwood Community Church. And we want to thank Him for all the people who've come to faith in Jesus Christ through the ministries of Wildwood, and you saw a few of them on the video. And we want to thank Him for what He's going to accomplish in the future through the Pass It On initiative. So I have the privilege today to lead us in prayer over those items. So if you would, bow with me as we just simply pray and we conclude looking back on 40 years of ministry and we think about looking ahead to the next vision that God has for us. Father, we want to just thank you for all that you've done, and we've just skimmed the surface. There are so many stories that could be told. There's so many lives that have been touched. There's so many people, young people, children, adults who've come to Christ. There have been people who've been strengthened in their faith. There have been nations around the world that have been reached through the family at Wildwood. We just want to thank you for all that you have begun to do through this church, and we believe you want to do a lot more. We want to thank you for what you're going to accomplish in the weeks and the months and the years ahead. And Father, we need you in the middle of all of it. We need you leading and guiding us. We need you providing us the funds to accomplish the ministry dream that we believe that you have given to us. And so we're asking that you would do great things, that you would work in each one of our hearts and our lives, and that we might, at the core of our being, believe that it is a joy to honor the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for these guides that can lead us through the next 30 days. We would pray that you would do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we've even prayed so far, and that you would do it ultimately to honor the one who bled and died for us, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.